fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Pat. This, John. This is not like the podcasts. They get 17 takes to get it right. We apparently get two because John forgets to hit the record button the first time around. <laughs> and it lasts our whole lives, Pat. We mess it up and we're dead. We're, that's it, man. We're dead. How are you doing, uh, Pat? I'm doing outstandingly well, John. Good. I am. I am well. Good. I'm all good. Good. I'm glad. Um, are you ready are for you? a Are you ready for a hard movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when are we going to release the video of our podcast? <clears throat> I um, I'm ready for. I'm ready for this movie. You're, you're, oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say, I'm ready for a video podcast. I'm ready for a video podcast, too. I'm like, okay. I mean, gotcha. I have a face for radio, so sure, let's do it. I've got a face for radio. I'm made for radio. Mm-hmm. I'm trying out, I might, like, I'm trying out, like, my disc jockey chops in advisories. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, I kind of feel like this whole pandemic has turned every teacher into a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Now, see, all those kids, all the and the adults, when I tried to run that summer school class mm-hmm. on how to how to be a YouTuber, because mm-hmm. I was like, what could and that makes it sound like I'm selling potatoes. Uh, <clears throat> how how to be a YouTuber? I was like, I was going to pick a class. I was like, OK, what are, like kids, my own kids, like always talking about, well, I'm going to be a YouTuber when I grow up because I'm going to do this and I'm going to stream video games and it, mm-hmm. and. I'm totally going to sound like, you know, Clint Eastwood, old man, get off my lawn kind of deal here when I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, you, people are going to pay you to watch you play video games? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did that as a kid and I, I got yelled at to go do my chores. I didn't get paid. So, I only worked once professionally testing video games. Yeah. But no one watched me play. Right. I, I was just touching, testing a game for glitches. Right. Right. And actually got paid. And that's all that's as close as I ever came. Nice. What the what game are you testing? Or did you or test- did you sign an NDA? Because I was testing a game for PlayStation 2 called Broken Helix. Oh, okay. It was a first person shoot no, it was like a third person shooter. Okay. And there was like some kind of alien loose in some lab and you walked around and tried to fight back the alien. And you'd play it up to uh, a certain point and then the game would glitch and you'd like write down the time code and it was a VCR watching you play. And yeah, that's a pretty it sweet was, gig. It was, it was nice. It was a nice winter break. Yeah. Was that college? 
That was college. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So I got home and yeah, my gig was, it was like 6 PM till midnight testing video games. Nice. Yeah. It's a good hey, time. It's good work if you can get it. It's good work. Nice work. But that only lasted like a month. Okay. And you know, it never made it into like a YouTube tech thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So that's all I got. I think I broke your flow, man. No, no, no. I, I was, I was just thinking back. I was like, okay, what was I doing at that time? And I was like, I was writing newspaper articles for $10 an article and, uh, you know, sitting at a radio station for like two to three hours at, at 1am trying to interview a guy named Spink. <laughs> and I was like, please, my editor makes me, I know that you just go by the name Spink as your DJ name, but my editor needs me to write down your full name and your telephone number just for verification purposes. What's your full name? My name's Spink. Okay. Look. <laughs> that and, conversation got done. It's now one thirty in the morning. Right. And 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 Spink had like all of the like really late night like uh, techno ravey music mm-hmm. that he would play on the radio station because it was like it was one of those like it was like one of those little community radio stations that every DJ could just play whatever they felt like playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, okay, Spink, what what can you tell me about uh, what it's like to to be a radio DJ? Right, right like uh, I, I'll get to play the music that I love, and um, yeah, and I don't have to go to sleep. <laughs> okay, again, Spink, what's your first and last name and your phone number? Oh, my name is Spink. It's all I go by, <laughs> Spink. Yeah, but like your birth certificate, like what is it? it doesn't say Spink on your birth certificate. Maybe it does. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my gosh. That's I'd, I'd like to know where he is now, but I have a feeling that if I Google spink, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to find, I'm not sure I'm going to like what I find. So I'm not going to Google that on a, yeah. on a work computer or a, yeah, it's going to be like know. that movie heat run a trace on slick. You'll get the phone book. Do it anyway. Right. Yeah. So spink can just fade off into obscurity. All right. Well, Patrick, we are here to watch, uh, to watch. We've already watched it. Uh, we're here to talk about the hard way, which, uh, which I hear is one of our, our new Patreon, uh, people's favorite movie. That's awesome. That is outstanding. I just, I'm totally lying about that. I, I mm. but if you'd like to, if you love the movie, the hard way, and you would like to actually, you you would be fulfilling a prophecy if you yes. did this, um, that I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I don't think Pat liked this movie. We haven't talked about it yet, but I don't think Pat liked this movie. So therefore, if you are a fan of The Hard Way, it is actually required of you to become one of our Patreon co-executive producers because Pat's batting a thousand for for movies that he does not like and then people who become Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Yeah, you got to You got to come in and set me straight. Yeah. So we cannot, we cannot break the streak. So if you know somebody out there that loves the movie, the hard way, please, at least for like one month, have them sign on to Patreon and, 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 and support us there on Patreon just so we can keep the streak going for Pat. Otherwise he's going to be devastated. I, yeah. Yeah. I've had, yeah. I'm going to recreate those mad magazines where they've got the, and then they have like the gun up to the dog's head and they're like, buy this magazine or the dog gets it. Yeah. Something like that. I'm going to do that, like that. I'm going to do that, but with you and be like, join us on Patreon or Pat gets it. <laughs> That's it. Pat's done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. This is yeah. the time in the night 
when everything is a good idea. Yes. Yeah. That's the best time. Uh, I'm sure that's probably when they wrote the hard way too. I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, spoiler alert. We spoil freely, so just be warned. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly, also, the 30-something movie podcast is part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. This episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent. We have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. For more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. Um, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, or become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Especially if you love the hard way. All right. Patrick, should we just go ahead? I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Should um, we go ahead and... Um, <laughs> should, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, yeah. <coughs> oh, yes. <coughs> Patrick, <laughs> should, should, we? We, should we go ahead and talk <laughs> about the hard way? Prepare the ship for ludicrous speed. Prepare the podcast for ludicrous speed. All right. This one is called The Hard Way. It Mm. came out on the 8th of March, 1991, rated R. A runtime of one hour, 51 minutes, directed by John Badham, who also did Saturday Night Fever, Short Circuit, and War Games. Producers on this one were Rob Cohen and William Sackheim, who died in 2004. Cohen did The Wiz and The Running Man. Sackheim did the TV show Gidget and Pacific Heights. Writers for this one were Lem Dobbs, who did the story and screenplay, Michael Kozol, who did the story, and Daniel Pine, who did the screenplay. And we commented last week, Daniel Pine had also done the screenplay for Doc Hollywood. So there was a lot of, um, what do you want to call that, cross-pollination of the Michael J. Fox movies. I love it, man. Cross-pollinate. It's probably not the right term, but we're going to go with it. We're going to use it. We're going to use it. Uh, Dobbs was also a writer for Dark City and The Limey. Kozal was a writer for Hill Street Blues and First Blood. And Pine, as we said, was a writer for Doc Hollywood and Any Given Sunday. Cinematography by Don McAlpine and Robert Primes. McAlpine did Moulin Rouge and Predator. Primes did Bird on a Wire and Money Talks. Music was done by Arthur B. Rubenstein who died in 2018, did War Games, Stakeout, and Nick of Time. The budget on this one was $24 million. Box office was $65.6 million. Flickmetrics gives it a 62%. Cinema score gives it a B. Michael J. Fox played Nick Lang. He was in Teen Wolf, Back to the Future, and Spin City. James Woods plays John Moss. He was in Videodrome, Hercules, and Vampires. Stephen Lang played Party Crasher. He was in Avatar, Tombstone, Gods and Generals. Annabella Ciara was Susan. She was in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Jungle Fever, and Law and Order Criminal Intent. John Capadice played Grainy. He was in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Independence Day, and Speed. Luis Guzman played Pooley. He was in The Count of Monte Cristo, Boogie Nights, and Traffic. Hello, cool, that was, uh, weren't we talking about that a couple weeks ago? The, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, his character of Jacopo? Yes. Yes, because yes, we I, I was commenting that that was like, that was like a reflection of sometimes how we feel at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I don't want to be a smuggler? Well, then we slit your throat and we're a bit shorthanded. Well, I find that smuggling is the life for me and I would be delighted to kill your friend, the maggot. <laughs> yes. uh... Oh, you'd like to find an alternative. Okay. Um, LL Cool J played Billy. He was in Deep Blue Sea, Mine Hunters, and Halloween H2O. Uh, Mary Mara played China. She was in K-Pax, A Civil Action, and Bound. 
Delroy Lindo played Captain Bricks. He was in Get Shorty, Malcolm X, and The Blood of Heroes. Conrad Roberts played Witherspoon. He was in The Mask of Zorro, The Mosquito Coast, and The Scorpion King. Penny Marshall, uh, related to Chief Justice John Marshall, I believe. Um, that is absolutely not true whatsoever. Um, died in 2018. That's the ongoing Penny Marshall joke. I think that was Dennis's thing. Uh, yes. It wasn't, wasn't Dennis. That he, no, was it Dennis or was it somebody oh, else? Oh, man. I don't I, know who we it was. couldn't. We couldn't redo that bit if we tried. It was all no. of us. Yeah. Everyone got twisted around and then, wait, was Patty Marshall? No, Patty Marshall. No. Yeah. No, it was then, Marshall Dillon. Well, Marshall Dillon. And then yeah. Bo got in there and he was like, I just, what was the name? He was trying to think of the name of the filmmaker. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it all starts to calm down 10 minutes later. Bo's like, oh, I know who I, it's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and it was like, what? what? Steven Spielberg was the name you forgot? And then Dennis got back in with the pet. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was 10 minutes of podcasting gold. Oh, it was fun. It was good times. Uh, but this one's Penny Marshall. Um, yes. She died in 2018, played Angie. She was in Laverne and Shirley, Get Shorty and Hocus Pocus. Christina Ricci played Bonnie. She was in Mermaids, Adam's Family and Black Snake Moan. And Kathy Najimi played Lang's Girl Friday. She was in Soap Dish, King of the Hill and Sister Act. Um, seeking to raise his credibility as an actor and to land a role as a tough cop on a new show, Hollywood action star Nick Lang, Michael J. Fox, works a deal with New York City police captain Bricks, played by Delroy Lindo, who by chance is one of his fans. Nick will be paired with Detective Lieutenant John Moss, and learn, who played by James Woods, and learn how to act like a real cop. But when Nick drives John crazy with questions and imitating him, he gets in the way of John's pursuit of a serial killer, played by Stephen Lang. Movie star Nick Lang is looking for a part that could change his image. You don't want me to grow up. The studio doesn't want me to grow up. I'm the only one who wants me to grow up. So to play a real cop, Please. he's going to study with the best. If I can walk his beat, if I can get under his skin, I will nail this party. Detective John Marks is on the trail of a killer. This party crasher has whacked out seven people. He's going to do it again soon, today maybe. And what if this cop doesn't want you tagging after him? Two pros exchanging ideas. Why wouldn't he want to do it? Not if you tied my tongue to your tailpipe and drove me 80 miles an hour naked across a field of broken glass. And evidently, the guy just wants to blend in so nobody knows he's Nick Lang, okay? Yeah. Ah! My trainer's got me a Nautilus and the Stairmaster, so you don't have to worry about Nick Lang. He doesn't belong here. He belongs in Never Never Land. And you're never going to believe where I am. I'm in a ghetto. He's told me face to face that he wants to be me. It's my life. Dum, dum, dum. It's my life. Dum, dum, dum. Into my house, you know. I'll just uh, do what you do in Hollywood: rum drinks, fern bar, gerbil racing. You know what's next? You know, my old lady. What? I know it. Tell me. You just kissed him. You kissed his face. It's getting to where everywhere I look, I see his smiling face. I turn on the TV and I hear his voice. All of my movies, including the Smoking Guns, are shot on biodegradable film stock. There's only one way Moss can catch the killer without losing his mind. NYPD! NYPD! I have got to get rid of this guy. Michael J. Fox. James Woods. In a John Badham movie. The Hard Way. Coming soon to a theater near you. All right, just stop. 
All right. Patrick, one word or phrase, and, and keep it family friendly, on how this movie makes you feel. Um. <laughs> okay. One word, phrase, or noise. Okay. Yeah. I was, I could, I could, I also have an anecdote, or I'm sorry, mm. uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a parallel, a metaphor. Would it That's be fine. a metaphor or an allegory? You, no, tell me, tell me what it is and, and I'll let you know. You tell me what it is, John. You, lay, lay it on me. Okay, so imagine you're watching like a football game. It's an important one. So it's like a playoff, maybe the Super Bowl. Lots riding on it, two teams. And all of a sudden, team you're cheering for, team you're pulling for, like... Opening kickoff, guy catches it in the end zone, runs back 100 plus yards, takes it to the house, touchdown. And you're like, oh man, we're off to the races. This is going to be great. This is going to be outstanding. We're going to blow the other team out of the water. It's going to be fantastic. And then it just kind of fizzles out because then suddenly the other offense comes on, they score, and then the defense gets on there and they stop your team. And the ending's final score is like 465 to seven. And you were all excited for that initial run back, right? That initial, that initial, like, right. But it just fizzled out. Like that didn't translate into a whole like successful game. It pains me to say it because I don't want to, I don't want to call the movie out. So by the end of this podcast, my goal is to have enjoyed the movie. Okay. I'm going to get there. But right now I feel like awesome, but it kind of, for me, it kind of fizzled a little bit. So I don't know if that's a metaphor or. Uh, it's, it was a bit of an analogy. An analogy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of how I feel about the movie. It just, okay. it, 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 it fizzled a little bit, but I, man, I don't want to, I, I want to. I want to not be that guy that doesn't like movies. So mm-hmm. I'm going to find good things and I'm going to like this movie by the time we get done. And I just, it just fizzles a little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you don't need to apologize. I'm going to like it by the end. You, you don't have to. I know, but I want to. Okay. All right. Um, my one word or phrase is going to be, I've been trying to think about this one and your analogy. I was like, good, please share an analogy. I need more time to figure out my one word or phrase. Okay. Um, my one word or phrase is mm, photocopy. Ah, okay. I can move that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say photocopy mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, let's, we'll dig into that a little bit further now. Um, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a buddy cop movie along the same lines as, you know, a lethal weapon, uh, you know, Beverly Hills cop, um, you know, that type of stuff. And it's, it's there. I mean, it's got the same formula. It's got the same beats to it as those movies. Um, I will say I was never, I was never bored by the movie. Um, I think it just kind of, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's like what they did in Lethal Weapon. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like what they did in Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Like there was never really, I don't know that there was anything necessarily about the movie that made me go, oh, that's different. Like it was nearly yeah. everything about it. Um, and the trouble that I had is I have a hard time. And, and I think he's, I, I mean, I think he's that way on purpose. Um, I have a hard time liking James Woods. Like to me, he's just not a likable guy, even when he tries to be a likable guy Yeah. in some of his TV shows and movies. And well, and I'll, I'll say it this way too. Um, I have, I have seen some of his, you know, more extreme political posts that he puts up on Twitter. Oh, okay. And uh, he and I very much do not share the same political <laughs> beliefs necessarily. Okay. Uh, but he's also very outspoken about them and, and pulls no mm. punches and things like that. And, and uh, sometimes I'm a little bit more, you know, at least in terms of how I might share some of my beliefs or how I mm. might fit some of my beliefs into a conversation with others. Um, I, I don't, at least not to their face, I don't ridicule other people right? for any kind of beliefs that they might have. Um, always try to look at, you know, the, the different sides, you know, everybody's got a reason why, um, Mm -hmm. why they believe the things that they do. And, uh, just uh, some of the stuff that he puts up online, I, it, it kind of colors my interaction with him as a character and as an actor. Got it. So I have a hard time. I really like Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox always comes across as such a nice guy. Uh, yep. Whether he truly is in real life, I don't know. Um, but he always comes across that way. And James Woods is like the exact polar opposite. Right. So to me, it's almost like now, now the difference is I watch Lethal Weapon and I'm like, you know what? Those two guys, polar opposites of each other. Uh-huh. But both of them are likable. Mm-hmm. And I watch Beverly Hills Cop. And I'd be like, you know, Axel Foley, complete opposite of his other partners. Yes. But right. everybody's likable. This movie, James Woods, I could not find a point at which he was likable in this mm-hmm. movie. But everybody else was. Yeah. So that was a place where it kind of fell apart for me a little bit. But it was also just there was nothing new about this one. You know, you, you're doing a buddy cop movie and there's really nothing. You know, I, there's nothing about it that really says, you know, this is this is our twist we're putting on this movie. Yeah. It all seemed to be pretty much in line with everything else we've ever seen. And I wanted to watch closely to see if it was satire or -hmm. if they were poking fun at it or if I could pick up those beats. And I mean, there was some stuff that was maybe tongue in cheek, but I don't know that it was like supposed to be satire, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm not sure if I can give it credit for that. And it, it just, yeah. And like you said, I mean, no one's calling me to act in a movie, but like a lot of James Woods mannerisms. Yeah. He didn't seem to be a very nice guy. But a lot of his mannerisms were so completely over the top that that it kind of took it up to 11 and it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit because it was just like, oh, my gosh, you're overreacting to like everything. Like you got to You got to calm it down a little bit, please. You're going to have a stroke if you keep this up. Yeah. And 
that, that, like I said, that took me out of it a little bit. That took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I, I think for me now, for me, I mean, this, like I said before, I was never bored watching this movie and mm-hmm. I never at one point watching the movie was like, ah, I've wasted two hours of my time. Um, right. You know, it, it the movie, especially for a movie that was an hour and what did I say it was like an hour and 51 minutes, something like that, mm-hmm. almost two mm-hmm. hours moved it a pretty good clip. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, the pacing of it, the, the direction of it, you know, that all those pieces, um, even the performances, you know, there were I, the two that I will, the two that I will criticize in this are James Woods for the same reasons you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was gonna bring this up later, but I'll, I might as well just bring it up now. Um, Stephen Lang as the villain. Yeah. As, as the party crasher. Like I, I couldn't, his serial killer villain. I couldn't decide whether that character was meant to be part of the, you know, cause buddy cop movies tend to ride this line between comedy and action. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell what the villain, like which side of that the villain was supposed to be. Cause most times right. when you have the buddy cop movie, it's the comedy comes in their interactions and some of the situations that the two partner cops get into. Mm-hmm. But this movie was like, is the villain supposed to be part of the comedy? Yeah. Because I feel like they were also playing like almost like circus clown music whenever yeah. the villain would show up and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That was weird. So it, usually to me, that's when you have a buddy cop movie the villain is still the villain and it's a clear cut villain. And it's almost like the villain is the serious one all the time. Mm-hmm. And the two cops break some of the tension by having comedic moments. Right. And in this, it was like everybody had a comedic moment. Yeah. Except the girlfriend. Right. So, yeah, I know no. it was a, the villain was just weird. And that's and I'm still trying to cut one of our three questions that we're going to ask later is what's the you know, what's the weirdest movie criminal you've mm-hmm. you remember seeing in a movie or, or you feel like is the weirdest one you've ever seen. Um, I'm still racking my brain to try to decide on that one, but it might actually be this one. Like this was one of the weirdest movie criminals I feel like I have ever seen to the point where he was so weird. And I have seen Stephen Lang in so many different movies, you know, Avatar, Tombstone, uh, Gettysburg, Gods and Generals, all those. Um, I didn't know it was Stephen Lang mm-hmm. until I saw the credits. I was like, wait, what? Right. That's who that was. Right. Yeah. So I, it was, I don't know. It was weird. It, it was, it, it was, it was hard to get a feel. Like I said, it was hard to get a feel for the movie. And what you're talking about is kind of what I was picking up on. You know, am I laughing? Is a satire? Is am I wincing? Is it a kind of a bait and switch where you know we're going to go one way and then all of a sudden it's going to be super serious? Like I, it it, it didn't commit to one direction in my head. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Now the other thing when I read this, I was like, okay, if that's true, that's like one more knock on James Woods. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the trivia things that I read was uh, one of James Wood's perks for this movie was to have his own yeah. personal hairdresser. Did you see that one? Yeah, I saw that one. At a cost to the studio of $6,000 a week. Yeah. And yeah. It said that's... the average onset hairdresser usually costs about a third of that. And like even yeah. a third of that, a third of that is $2,000 a week. 
Yeah, it's a lot of money for your hair. You know, I mean, I we're not doing a video podcast here, but you and I don't have a whole lot of hair. No, you know, it takes we, too much we, time. We keep it right. It's 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 too much to mess with. We keep it pretty short anyway. But I'm like, I, when I go get a haircut, I agonize over whether um, whether I'm going to pay like the extra five bucks for the shampoo when I'm done. Right. Right. Um, so two thousand dollars a week. Yeah, I, huh. I don't know what to say on that deal. I mean, if it's $2,000 a week, they should be plucking like every single hair on my head and replacing it with super hair. Yeah, no kidding. Cause, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know wow. where to go with that. I don't know where to go either. That's kind of crazy. Several thousand dollars a week. That's a pretty fancy car. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, did you ever see, so now this was kind of interesting to me. Um, there was something that I read. Have you ever seen the TV series castle? Mm-mm. Okay. Because there was a, there's a TV series called castle. Um, mm-hmm. and it has got, um, it is, let's see. Nathan Fillion is the main actor in that one from, uh, did you, you ever saw firefly? Firefly. Oh, if you haven't seen Firefly. Should it go on the list? You it needs to go on your list. All right. Yeah. It's like a sci-fi Western. Oh, okay. Yeah. You need to see that. You need to see it. And then you can join the rest of the people who were disappointed when it ended too early. Okay. No. Um, I show. But there's a, there's a TV series called Castle and it's kind of a crime comedy show. Okay. Um, in which he is a, um, he's like a mystery novelist and he kind of I'm trying to remember how he initially gets into it. Um, yeah, it's how he initially gets into it is he's got a really bad case of writer's block okay. and he then is kind of like brought in by the police department to help. Um, you know, there's a, there's a killer that's doing stuff that the killer in his novels did. And so he's originally brought on by the police department to help kind of profile this killer. Okay. And then eventually they just kind of keep him on. So he's not really a cop. He's like, he's a, he's a writer. Um, he's not really a cop, but he kind of ends up doing more and more of the investigative work. And, you know, occasionally he ends up, you know, doing more cop type things. And uh, even though he's really not. And so some people think that the hard way was kind of the, precursor to that show it's kind of the idea mm-hmm. of like the actor becoming a cop even though that Got was it. not the intention of what he was supposed to be there for right right yeah it's interesting yeah I, so i mean this one so the, the basic premise of this movie yeah is is that we've got the actor wants to get this part so he's you know he's going to go join the police department he's going to be kind of he's doing his own version of undercover um, so that nobody knows that he's the actor, but I mean, that in and of itself seems kind of ridiculous because if this Nick Lang person is as popular as he seems to be with his movies, that would be like saying, okay, uh, Mr. Harrison Ford, um, you really wanted to go work at a Denny's. So mm-hmm. why don't we have you go work at Denny's? Um, and nobody's going to recognize you. Mm-hmm. So go. That's not going to work. Yeah. No. Like, 
you know, certain celebrities have faces that everyone's going to recognize. Right. So already the premise of that is like, yeah, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't even let that go, you know, with the interest of comedy. You know what I'm saying? Because they oh, were yeah. like, you're you're just like, look like that Nick Lang guy, but you're shorter. You know, so it was mm-hmm. a running gag and that was kind of funny. Um, I just, for me, the, the movie, like there was no plot or real character growth. You know what I'm saying? Like there, it didn't, the movie didn't go anywhere. It was, I mean, they caught the bad guy, but even that was like, he kept escaping and then kept trying to catch him. And then it was one more, it, it, it just kind of, there was no climax or big final sequence or even with the characters, like they never really became buddies. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of, the, that's kind of my problem with that. Now, Michael J. Fox, I could watch that guy in anything. I mean, I think he's fantastic and he did a great job here and he kind of kept my interest through the whole thing. But yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. And, and again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a rogering to this movie. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend any, <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but uh, that was just my biggest knock on the movie is it just kind of blurbled along, you know, I'm like, I, I'm not, you know, look at lethal weapon and there's growth between the two characters that each character has their own character arc. You know, this one, the characters kind of stay the same. You know, um, when you had you had moments yeah. where it looked like it was going to go that direction. Yeah. You know, you had yeah. moments where, you know, James Woods is, you know, his John Moss character is awkwardly doing the role play in the bar um, mm-hmm. where he's like, OK, now pretend I'm her. Mm-hmm. Now tell me what you would tell her. And like that whole thing, he's like, is she seeing other? No, no. Is she? Se- no. Mm-hmm. are you seeing other men like that that whole thing about do the role play thing and he's like doing some of the acting pieces i liked that because then it was the you know he's the actor is teaching the cop using what he knows right from his like acting classes or acting routines or whatever the case may be and he's learning some things from the cop and you know he does have there there is that scene where there's kind of the the chase and the shootout in the subway Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least he's starting to kind of learn what it means to be a cop or act like a cop or whatever the case may be. So I can see from both of them that they're they're heading in that direction a little bit. I just feel like once you finally got to that point, then boom, the movie was over. Yes. And it was and the whole thing about catching the villain. I'm glad that you brought that up because the whole thing about catching the villain is I feel like if you were following the logical progression of this movie then it should be Michael J. Fox that either catches the villain or really helps to catch the villain, but doing so in a way that uses some of the things that James Woods, character has taught him mm-hmm. instead. It was, uh, he's angry and he just mashes his foot on the accelerator and they get into an accident. Right. Like that's right. That's, I don't think James Woods taught him that mm-hmm. he just was angry and desperate. And I was like, Oh, Okay that's yeah that doesn't seem to have fit with the way the movie was going right it seemed like they were going up to a certain point and they were like all right this is almost two hours long we got to wrap this up yeah and i mean you know it's like there were some good scenes Mm -hmm. 
yeah. that's kind of what it was. It seems like they wrote, they had some really good scenes and then it was just like, take whatever you need to get from point A to point B and get to those scenes. Like there was no real, like I said, strong character development or story or plot line that strung those scenes together. Right. You know, so yeah. Had some and, great and, action sequences. Yeah. Some great, yeah, great car and chases. I, and, and again, the guy that plays, um, Jacobo in, um, mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, kind of Monte Cristo. Count of Monte Cristo mm-hmm. was great. Delroy Lindo, great. LL Cool J, great. I mean, you know, but those guys all had bit parts or co-starring and all that kind of stuff. They they seemed very, um, you know, they, they were they were great. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael J. Fox was great. Again, I don't know the main, you know, star, the guy that played the the main cop. I I don't know him. Uh, that much, like I said, he just seemed to be playing it big and just always a spaz and always, and it just, that seemed to contrast with his image, which was supposed to be dirty, hairy esque, mm-hmm. right? He was supposed to be the, do you feel lucky punk? Like that kind of thing. And, you know, his like completely over the top, every time Michael J. Fox's character got mentioned kind of weakened that, you know, mm-hmm. cause like I said, everything was over the top. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned Clint Eastwood because the, uh, the, did you catch what the name of the movie is at the name of the movie that he's in at the end? The good, the badge and the ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and and like I said, I don't know if we want to prolong this for another hour, but there's, you know, there's some stuff in there that makes it seem like a 30 year old movie, just, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some images, some optics, that, yeah. that are a little, uh, are a little rough. Yeah. Now I, I did want to, we talked about this before recording and, uh, and I did want to say, because I, I didn't want to pass up the point to be able to pass up the point where I could use this, uh, sound clip again, but, right. um, the, uh, the part where they were talking and, and the captain says, you know, we can either do this the easy way <laughs> or we can do it. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh, please, please. Yes, say it. Or we can do it the hard way. And Pat, you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with this, John. I love it. Boy, I usually only get this excited when they say the title of a movie in the movie. I'm telling you, these drug dealers represent a clear and present danger to the United States. Eh, eh, he said it. He said it. All I'm saying is, what if this is as good as it gets? Eh, eh, there it is. There it is. The only way for me to solve this crisis is to be Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, that's why they call it that. That is classic writing right there. Now it's every time that I hear that. <laughs> every mm-hmm. time. We could do this the easy way or the hard way. Ah, ah, is that it? Yeah. yeah. The best part The best part is I have to become Superman for the quest for peace. That's <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's, that's just why good. they call it that. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I love the, uh, you know, kind of like the, the movie we were talking about last week where there were all the little like Easter egg things and, and little hints in there for other Michael J. Fox roles or Woody mm-hmm. Harrelson talking about, you know, Ted dancing and cheers. And, and, and I love all the little pieces in here where Nick, uh, Nick Lang, somebody is always like, yeah, you know, I, I liked you when I was little, but now I like Mel Gibson. 
And they're like, they yeah. keep bringing up Mel Gibson. And I liked his one comment at one point. He's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're thinking of going with Mel Gibson and, and his comment. He's like, is it a butt thing? Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I think there could have, I think they had room. They could have made this more satire. You know, they could have made fun of the genre. And there were a couple yeah. spots where I'm like, am I just an idiot? Don't answer that. Or am I just, you know, a simpleton? Again, don't answer that. Did I miss the satire? And then I went back and was like, no, I really didn't. But there were some scenes that just made it like they could have really built that into this movie. And I think would have had a had a, a little bit of a, you know, dare I say, like a better product, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was kind of looking for that, too. And, and I think there were maybe a few little things like that, you know, kind of, you know, poking fun at the movie industry and actors and, and things like that. You know, I, I think there were moments of that. Um, in fact, one of the things I kind of did like was, was how it kind of blurred the lines at the end there when everybody's like, shut up, we're trying to watch the end credits and mm-hmm. then the end credits. And I thought something else was going to happen because the end credits for the movie they're watching become the end credits of this movie. Right. And I was right. like, Oh, something else is going to happen here. Cause that's, and then it didn't, I was like, Oh, all right. Well, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's different. I thought something else was coming, but that's all right. right. That's okay. Right. So, I mean, I think there were moments here and there where they were kind of, you know, either, uh, either picking on or, or satirizing actors and, and Hollywood and things like that a little bit, but you're right. I think with a movie like this and, and the whole premise of the movie, you could have done a little bit more of that. Right. So, so, I mean, I think for me, you know, ultimately the, the weird quirky villain and the villains like weird cartoonish clown music like that knocked me out of the movie every time it happened. Right. And yeah, it just kind of, for me, if if I'm summing up this movie for me, it was a buddy cop movie that had a weird villain and not in a good way. Um, and it didn't necessarily bring anything new to buddy cop movies. Agreed. I if I had a list I, of buddy cop movies, this would not be, this wouldn't be the one that I'd reach for to go watch again. Right. So, right. But again, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't bored. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like it was a slow movie. It, it moved along at a good pace. It was entertaining. Um, yeah. It just wasn't, uh, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Michael J. Fox, always amazing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, some of those guys I mentioned that were the, the bit parts slash co-stars were fantastic. Um, but yeah, it was just, and then, like I said, you kind of get into inevitably looking at it with a 21st century lens and there's some stuff in there that's kind of, you kind of wince at, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know it was a, I know it was a, set up, you know, that, you know, he accidentally shot the wrong guy, you know, but that was just cruel. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and, and again, when I watched that, I was like, Oh really? Like, Oh God, I'm, we're not going here. Are we? Then I'm like, I wonder if they set him up and then they had set him up and it was like, okay, that's a, Oh, that's okay. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that guys. I don't know if that should, I don't know if that scene should be in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of yeah. had the same feeling with that scene. I was so, like, wow, this movie got heavy fast. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Like, and then about five seconds later, I was like, I bet this is a setup. Yeah. But, and, yeah. and then it was the setup and then he got mad and then he left and then it kind of came back. Then they had a fight Then they took the girlfriend. So he went after the girlfriend, but he got the guy, but that still wasn't good enough. And then there was another chase and I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Great music. Great music. I mean, the opening mm-hmm. tune, that nice trumpet brass kind of mm-hmm. like rock thing going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was rock, but it was like real brassy kind of, uh, uh, like a, it almost sounded like out of the 1970s kind of thing. I loved it. Love that tune. Yeah. So, but like I said, that was the kickoff return, taking it to the house. And then the rest of the movie just was kind of a fizzle. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. All right, Pat, are you ready for three questions? I'm ready, John. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, Patrick. Question number one. Mm. Uh, If you were an actor and had to shadow someone for a part, what occupation would you want to do a ride-along with? Oh, man. Well... Boy, I don't know. So many options. So many options. I, you know, it would, it would be fun to go through like a, well, I say fun, but I mean, you know, it would be uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing to, you know, go through like a, if, if, if it was going to be like a, a, an action movie or something to go through like, you know, a SEAL training course you know, or, or something like that. I say that humbly because I'd probably get my, I'd get my butt whooped, you know, six ways from Sunday through that, but that would be pretty fascinating. Um, I'd, you know, like race car driver, right. That'd be pretty cool. Even, you know, even like a stunt, like a stunt driver or a stunt coordinator or something like that. I don't know. I don't have, a, I don't have specifics, but those would, those would be three things that would be kind of, I think that would be fun to check out. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, uh, uh, I think mine that I kind of narrowed it down to would be uh movie director. Yeah. Like, I'd love to just like be on the set of a movie or a TV show or, you know, whether it's uh whether it's director or cinematographer or, you know, some of that stuff, I think that would be fun to just get a day to just, you know, shadow, shadow one of those folks and it was fun when dennis and i got to be on the set of the dark knight um Mm -hmm. it was fun to get to watch you know christopher nolan do his thing we weren't very close so we couldn't really see like up close what he was doing but you could kind of get a sense of as he's directing the scene and um you know he really not a fan of natural light we found out Mm -hmm. Uh, okay when uh, when some shadows came through the buildings 
mm-hmm. and messed up his natural light for the scene. He was like, well, we're probably just done for the day then. He's like complaining and <laughs> they get really upset. And so uh, they got a few takes in. Then he's like, ah, stupid shadows. <clears throat> okay. They're like, we're done. We're done. Send everybody back to the waiting room. So. Oh, funny. No, probably that though. Probably something like a movie director or something similar. Cool. All right, question number two. Uh, weirdest movie criminal. I mean, th- I think the Party Crasher is up there. Yeah, Party Crasher is up there. He's just weird. Weirdest movie. Okay, so no TV shows. Uh, you can do TV show. Crim- if you want to do TV show, you could. Let's say weirdest on-screen criminal. Okay, weirdest or like, could it, could it be creepiest? Or are we looking for weird? Uh, you could. Let's keep it weird. Let's Got keep it weird. Focus. Let's keep it weird. I'm. I'm gonna say for me. Um, Where are you going, John? Where are you going with this? Well, I got a couple. Uh, Mr. Freeze. Okay. From Batman and Robin. Terrible version of the character. Uh, Bane in Batman and Robin, terrible version of that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, the villain in the Green Lantern movie that everybody wants to forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hector Hammond was that guy's name. Okay, that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it might be the Party Crasher. Like this is probably okay. one of the weirdest. Like he almost wasn't as a villain. He almost wasn't intimidating or scary. Cause yeah. I, I couldn't quite figure out what he was. I mean, he, the only yeah. time he seemed, I mean, he was shooting, of course he was shooting people up and he was, you know, blowing up buildings and, and things like that. But his, I couldn't quite understand what his character was doing. Mm-hmm. Like at some point he seemed to be like he was, there were moments where he seemed like he was obsessed with um, Nick Lang and the Hollywood actor thing, but he was the party crasher way before Nick Lang came into the movie. Yeah. So I couldn't quite understand like what, I mean, clearly he was crazy. Yeah. But I couldn't quite understand his crazy. Yeah. And I feel like when a movie villain is crazy, even with somebody as sometimes random as cha- and chaotic as the Joker, like at least that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally something the Joker would do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Joker would totally say that. I'm like that's that's hilarious. That's that's just the kind of humor that the Joker has. But with this one, I was like, the Party Crasher. What do I know about the Party Crasher? He likes to go to parties and kill people. Yeah. Other than that, he's a weird dude. Yeah. So might be the party crasher. That might be, might be my answer. Well, and it's funny. I took it, this question in a slightly different direction Mm -hmm. and not like weird, like that's a weird choice, Yeah, but like weirding you out. And I picked the Joker from the dark Knight. Oh, you did. Okay. I did. But I, I see, I took this question a different way. Like, Oh, that's fine. I mean, I mean, the untouchables, the Al Capone character, Mm -hmm. not weird. Yeah. Right. Um, Khan Noonien Singh. Yeah. Not weird. Right. You know, Gul Dukat, not weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like those characters, but like the Joker in 
the Dark Knight, he's a weird dude. Yeah. And that makes it even more scary because, I mean, and that was a whole part of the plot, right? Like they couldn't figure out what made him tick. That was, you know, spoilers. Dark Knight spoilers. Mm-hmm. That's when Alfred's talking to Bruce Wayne and just says, you know what? You're trying to figure the guy out. He just maybe wants to see the world burn. Like he's just a weird dude. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's kind of how I interpreted the question. So I got, I got, um, um, I forgot his name, Joker, yeah. uh, the Joker, or one that we, um, are going to be talking about, you know, for one of our patron, uh, specials, but like, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Tote, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he was a weird dude. Um, and again, not from the aspect of, of like, man, I don't get what his motivations are. Like, that's just a weird character, but like, dude, that's just a weird, like, he's just a bad guy. He's just a weird dude. Even the other bad guys think he's weird, you know? So that's kind of how I interpreted it. So those are the two that came to mind, either the Joker from the dark Knight or tote, tote, however you say it from Raiders of the Mm -hmm. lost Ark. Yeah. Now, the other ones that I thought of, and I, I cannot believe I forgot this one at first, um, because this is, and I've, I've, I think I've said this a few times now lately that I have not seen this movie since I was, since I first saw it in the theater. I did not like it when I first saw it in the theater. I think I've seen this movie twice, but it's been 20 plus years since I've seen it. Uh, one of my least favorite movies is The Fifth Element. Okay. And Zorg, Gary Oldman's okay. character. Like yeah. that's, that's just a weird. And at the time, like even as a kid, it's like, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on in this movie. What, what am I like? This movie should have all the elements that I, as a kid who loves sci-fi should enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I like weird, quirky stuff too. And I don't know. I just did not like that movie. So I just, I have memories of how much I didn't like that movie. But I have I have said a couple times now, I'm like, you know what? It's been 20 plus years. I probably should watch it again. Right. Because there may be things, you know, tastes change. You didn't like asparagus as a kid. Maybe you like it now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only other one I could think of, and it's been it's been a while since I've seen this one. And I did not see this one uh, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I would I'm not even going to ask. Pat, if you've seen this one before, because I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say you have not. Okay. Uh, there is a movie from 2005, Pat. Okay. Um, in which uh, Gary Busey, so you go from James Woods to Gary Busey. Uh, Gary go. Busey plays the ginger dead man. <laughs> oh, God. The ginger dead man. Yeah. All right. Basically, it's child's play, but instead, okay. of, the, instead of the killer ending up in the body of a doll, <laughs> A gingerbread cookie. Um, he's he's baked into a gingerbread cookie. Oh, that's and he becomes a killer gingerbread man. <laughs> That'd be pretty weird, man. Yeah. Now, you want to take it a step further? Oh, yes. Let's take it a step further. It gets weirder, and I have not seen the other movie. There was another movie, apparently in the same universe, called Evil Bong. <laughs> where it was like this this living evil bong. I mean, the title says it all. Uh, there it is. Pat, in 2013, mm-hmm. 
there was a movie, The Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. Oh, it just gets weirder. It just gets weirder. Just gets weirder. Yep. Yep. So I have not seen that one. I have seen more parts of Ginger Dead Man than I would like to admit. Right. Right. So we won't uh, admit it, but yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's, there's other, there's other weird stuff out there. Yes. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. And, and frankly, if you want to give yourself nightmares, just, just Google image search pictures of uh, the ginger dead man. Okay. I'll, I'll check up gingerbread, ginger dead man. Ginger dead man. And just the, the ginger dead man's face will just give you nightmares. Okay. And so well, I'll do it while I'm watching cheers reruns. Do that while you watch cheers. Yeah. Cause then it kind of, that kind of tempers it a little bit. It'll temper it. It'll okay. temper it. Uh, question three, favorite subway scene in a movie. Oh, come on. You might, you and I may have the same answer. Yeah, I'm saying Matrix. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was mine too. Ghostbusters 2, also funny. Very nice. Winston. (laughs) Hello. 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 Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey. Winston. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. No, that was immediately when I wrote this question down. I was like, all right, favorite subway scene in the movie. Well, there's like Superman. There was like a scene in the subway in Superman. Mm-hmm. There's speed. There's it. Oh, there's the Matrix. Never mind. I'm all done. I'm I'm done. I'm all good He's here speaking. now. Why isn't he running? He's beginning to believe. Beginning oh, to believe. I can't wait to do that movie. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yep. I did show it was because we were, um, <laughs> you seem surprised to yeah. see me again, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. I mean, like you talk about the importance of having the right guy play the villain. Oh yeah. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Right there. Mm-hmm. He's got to be on like the top five greatest villains of all time. Oh yeah. Gold Ducat, Khan Singh. Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that'll have to be, that'll have to be our, like, you know, whatever, 100th episode or something like greatest villains. That would be a good one. That's a good one. I, we got, I know we got some ideas floating around for episode 400, so. Yeah, we got to do a Western one in there too. Oh, that's true. Maybe, maybe we don't have to do a Western one. I love Westerns. I think a Western one would be fun. I care. I care. (laughs) Hey, you're let, you're letting us do the uh, Guns of Navarone, so I'm, well, that's true. I'm content. That's true. I can, yeah. Okay. All right. All did right. you well, wait a minute? Did you give your Did you give your answer? Oh yeah, so, wait, Matrix. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's we're, right. Okay. We're yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Immediately, I was like, nope, nope, nope. Matrix. Matrix. <laughs> Matrix. I mean, we could say, oh, you know, another. Actually, you know what? Another good one. If I if yes. I wanted to do something different, because you've already got Matrix, I could say Ghost. Ghost. There that, you go. That was a good subway scene. There was another one. Um, what was the one? Okay, Speed was a bus. Mm-hmm. But didn't it end up on the subway? Yeah, the end of the movie, they end up on the subway. They end up on the subway. Yeah. Mission Impossible has a great subway mm-hmm. scene. Yep. There's a lot out there. Taking yeah. a Pelham. Pelham one two three mm-hmm. or two thirty one or have you I think, seen those? I think it's one, it was a I think remake it's one, two, three. too. Yeah, 
Was it two, one, two, three? Yeah, it was one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original and the remake. Both yeah. of those are good. Uh, yeah, the like weird, creepy subway scenes in um, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. All good stuff. Yes, I was. I was making. I was making the mistake of going through and starting to look at a list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got oh, the Warriors, nineteen seventy nine. That's got, that's mm-hmm. got, got some good subway scenes. Oh, how could I forget this one? Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. The one where he saves the subway train. Yep. Yep. Like yep. S- yep. Snaps all the webs under the buildings and, you know, pulls it and. Right. Stops it from jumping the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Teenage Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Oh, you know, haven't seen it yet, but uh, on this list, uh, number three on the list of greatest subway scenes in movies mm-hmm. is uh, The French Connection. Ah, yeah. Uh, hello. Hello. I'm yeah, really looking should... forward to that. I've been wanting to watch that movie for years. It's it's quite a movie, man. It's so pretty I'm, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's pretty awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. Um, so it. kind of final verdict is not what we wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, but not, you know, not terrible. I won't tell you not to go see it. Right. Not terrible. Still, still has entertainment value. Yep. 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 You know, if, if I can, if I can squint enough so that I don't see James Woods, um, it's, <laughs> it's got entertainment value. You're, you're not a fan. And if I, no, nah, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just, I don't know. There's, there's a handful of actors that I just, if they're in something, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to find something else. Yeah. He, he would be one of them for me. Yeah. No. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, if you want to find more of our episodes, head over to 30 podcast.com. We are at three zero podcast on all the different social media outlets. So you can find us there that way. Um, we get, you can leave us a voicemail on our website as well. Uh, also don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the scene stealers podcast network by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com. Our next episode's coming up. We are still in our California Dreams Month. Uh, next one coming up, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you will have access to Raiders of the Lost Ark that's coming out in just a few days. Uh, 40th anniversary episode. And then we've got L.A. Story and Career Opportunities. Finish off our California Dreams Month. And then May is our Crime Doesn't Pay. Boys in the Hood, Bugsy. The May Patreon is, as I mentioned a moment ago, The French Connection. Uh, The Last Boy Scout and Point Break finish off the month of May. And then in June, we've got uh, the Shots Fired Month. That is Ricochet, JFK. June Patreon is Guns of the Navarone from 1961, Naked Gun, Two and a Half, Hot Shots, and Toy Soldiers. So those are the movies that are going to round out June for us. So if you are looking to get a little bit ahead, you can track those down, uh, watch those before we do the show, and then come on back and listen. So uh, as always, thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. This was a good time. Always a good time. Always a good time. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.